Oh, perfect. We cut the last note of that. <laughs> that was fucking genius. <laughs> Season three, episode 65. And we've got uh, Greg Labonte of Maine Fly Guys back on the show with us this evening. Um, so thanks for coming on, Greg. Good yeah, to have thanks. you back. Big doings in your yeah, world. Yeah, for sure, guys. You're, uh, you're kind of... Yeah, it's a little bit. You're, you're blowing up the... Uh, the market on on fly rods reels lines and i love every second of it yeah it's definitely i don't know i mean it's definitely ruffled some feathers i had a pretty big company reach out to me recently and like question me about they tried to kind of bully me a little bit and i was like (laughs) wow (laughs) i mean i'll just say whatever i'll say it. it was rio Rio reached out to me. Really? Trying to try, yeah, and they tried to kind of bully me a little bit, and I was like, I was like, fuck you guys, like, like, like I was like, dude, you guys are selling like I don't know, you know, a million lines a day, you know. I'm like, I sell yeah. like two, you know. I, I was like, I, you know, I was like, I don't think you need to worry too much about me, but, but yeah, they 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 reached out, a marketing guy reached out and was like questioning me anyway it was pretty wild i was like wow all right so yeah anyway so yeah fly rods reels everything's like super cheap and it's like high quality it's the only thing that i use you know it's super high quality i just i don't i don't have like when i like i have this is my fly box it's super basic there's nothing to it there's no graphic designs on it like i don't pay anything for for it you know I don't have a marketing team to pay for. Like I am the marketing team. I am the one that inspects everything. I pack everything. So like I have no overhead and that's why I can sell things for like stupid cheap. Cause I don't have anyone to pay where those companies, they have massive marketing teams and massive everything, you know? And so they have to pay so many people. So they have to jack their prices up, but yeah, they're, they're, they're making like, we'll just take any like line, like line costs, with shipping and everything total for me, it's like 10 bucks costs about 10 bucks. So when you buy that like $140 line, it's really costing them about 10 bucks overall. Yeah. So, crazy. you know, yeah, it's like, it's ridiculous. So that's what I, I was like, well, that's stupid. And <laughs> let's give an option for kids, especially yeah, where they can enter you know like where they can at least enter the sport without you know they're only they're making whatever 15 dollars an hour trying to buy four gas four dollars a gallon for gas to drive to college it's like yeah. dude, let's let's not make them spend 150 dollars on a freaking fly line that's just pvc stretched out you know i <laughs> just like it's just crazy so well uh, it's, it's awesome. it goes so anyways, yeah i mean i think like the one thing that i have never understood and being on both sides of it, like I've been that broke college kid that's like looking at shotgun shells, for example, and it's like, I mean, yeah, bismuth is two dollars and fifty cents a shell, or expert steel is uh I can buy one, get one free, and get a koozie. And it's like I'm still gonna buy that, but like now, am I shooting way more expensive shells? Absolutely. I can afford them and I think they're better quality. And I mean, like I know your quality stuff is good, but it's like, I've never understood guys that will shit on guys that are like, oh, you have Sims waiters on. Like, why don't you just go buy 
you know, frog togs. And it's like, well, man, I mean, if you have the money to spend it, as long as your passion is there, that's where I don't care. Like if you're just doing it to like be a bro, like, okay, yeah, you don't have to go spend that money. But like the, the entry level for fly fishing is such a wild market now where you've got so many companies coming in that you see them start small and then next year it's a hundred dollars more expensive. And it's like, well, what happened? Oh, you got popular. So now you're, you're making these changes to make your money. And it's like, that's not why you got into it. Like, that's what I appreciate about you. You like, you know, you're just a single dude. That's like, yo, I'm, I want to make fishing accessible. That's the goal. I don't care if I make a, you know, you make a hundred thousand dollars this year. It's not like you're going to raise your prices. Cause you're like, Oh, well, now I can go to Belize. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I've never. We've raised a price once on one item, and we raised uh, our single fly box. It's like our thin one. We raised it from nine ninety nine to ten dollars flat, just because I got mm-hmm. tired of typing nine ninety nine. So, like, you know that th- we have not other than that's the only item we've ever raised a dollar on again you know it's just like yeah i guess if i was if this was my only job and i was really trying to make money it would be a bad strategy you know but like because there are times where i definitely could i see the potential where i could mark things up you know 20 percent, 10 percent, or whatever and make a good chunk of cash somewhere but i don't know it's not it's that so, wasn't why I started. That's not yeah. why. I, that's not why I did it. So I, I'm pretty true to that. Um, and so yeah, so our stuff. Like I have no, I have no real business plans. I just kind of like the other day I was at a talking with a, a local shop in Maine. They make clothes, and I was like, "Wow, I really like that hat. I think I'd like it." You know, that's kind of my business plan. That's how it goes. It's like, yeah. oh, I think I want to do rods next or do whatever next. Like I have no real business plan, but. But yeah, so it's been good. Um, the we we just started selling rods, which was our big thing, and or this year our big thing, and they we've sold you know a good chunk of them, and people have been like, wow, it's actually a nice little rod, and I was like, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's not it's not crazy hard to make really nice products. Um, it's pretty easy. The fly fishing world, the technology that exists out there to make the products now is like next level it's just so so advanced now like every product is pretty good there's no the difference between like 150 dollar rod and a 450 dollar rod is negligible you really can't tell when you get to like the upper upper level rods those ones do they have some specifications but only if you're like a, a an incredible caster would you notice you know like if you're just starting out you would you'd have no idea the difference between a hundred and fifty dollar rod and a thousand dollar rod. You'd have literally no idea that the two were different. So, thank so you. Yeah, so it's been good. Thank you. Yeah, so go ahead. For making that distinction <laughs> because I literally yeah. just bought a Scott centric and I fucking love it. <laughs> like it is just butter. I it's like. And I had that thought, like I'm standing there in the fly shop. And now, granted, I got it for a super deal. I bought it secondhand uh, at a fly shop in Connecticut. I just happened to stumble upon it. 
I was actually talking with Aaron about like what Scott rod I should order. Cause I may have offloaded two fly rods mm. that I had from another company that might be in this state, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> and uh, I had some... <laughs> you want to talk about marking up, marking up your prices. Yeah. You want to talk about throwing your prices through the roof. Oh my God, dude. For the same <laughs> product too. It's crazy. That's just yeah. bonkers to me, man. Whatever. But anyways, yeah, I keep going. Well, and I was like, he was like, you should look at the Scott centric. And I was like, all right. And I'm standing there with it. And I'm like, I know what Greg's rods are right now. He just released them. I was like, do I really need this? And I was like, fuck it. I have the cash in my hand right now. I'm just going to do it. And then like, I literally went out and fished it that day. And I was like, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life with a fly fishing rod. Like it's such a, such oh. an incredible rod, but like, Oh yeah. It's especially like Scott, Scott's a great, you know, especially if you know what you're doing, having a really good fly rod, like those really expensive ones, it does. You're like, you can tell, you can tell, yeah. but like when it's, you know, if you're literally, if it's your second time casting a fly rod, like you have no clue. You wouldn't even know the difference between a, a stick and uh you know yeah. helios you know you'd have no idea so it's like so yeah i guess for me like the market who i'm marketing to are just people who i, I i've had a few experienced people buy them but i'm mostly marketing to you know those new people who like are just getting into it or maybe it's their first couple of years and they want like a decent rod not like that they have like you know the 50 dollar eagle claw rods that yeah. are whatever you know but like they want their first like real rod, you know, like that's, that's kind of who we're marketing to. Um, I bought and one like, it's it. crazy when I, I, yeah, it turned, I like it, it took me about two years. I, I started developing it about two years ago because I went through a bunch of different iterations to try to make the best beginner rod, which was challenging because I was like, I wanted it to be advanced. So I kept changing things on it. Yeah. But like, if you want to learn how to cast a streamer, learn how to cast a dry fly and learn how to nymph all in the same rod, that's like, that's the rod to do it on. It's yeah. a really great rod for, for that, where it can kind of do everything um, where it's not, you know, cause they have like specialized nymphing rods, specialized streamer rods, specialized dry fly rod. They have all these specialized rods now. And I was like, well, if I'm, you know, if you're like just getting into the sport or you're a kid and you don't know what you're doing, you're like, well, what do I choose? You know, I don't know. I just wanted to simplify it and be like, hey, here's one rod. You can do everything with it. It's not the best at any one of them, but it's good at all of them. And right here you go. You know, here you go. So that that's kind of, but yeah, fly rod design was cool. I, it was, I had built several rods before, but kind of pre-manufactured rods like where they have the system already set up like put the everything this much and here's the blank that you automatically get so it was it was fun sort of working with the manufacturers and really trying to hone in like the perfect beginner rod if you will you know it was cool i, I enjoyed it and i also got a bunch of free fly rods out of it so that was pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and i think yeah. like for me with buying the rod and i'm I'm not, I'm a novice, but I'm not a beginner. And like, for me, the thing was I, from following you on social media and talking to you before, like I've realized how much research that you do and how much you care about the sport that I knew I wasn't just buying 
an Eagle Claw beginner's fly rod, and I was looking for a five a new five weight. So I knew like going with your rod was going to be a good choice regardless. And I, and not having to spend that big money was, was massive. So, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for, for, for supporting, you know, I appreciate it. And it's like, I, uh, I use it and I would consider myself an expert, you know? And yeah. so yeah. I use it for every, for everything, just cause I want to keep, testing it and i'm sure i'll tweak some things in the future like how to make it a better nymphing rod if i want to make a nymph rod or whatever but, but yeah i use it and uh it's you know i mean it's good i would say the only thing that it's not great for is high stick nymphing like if you like euro nymph or tight line like having a 10 foot rod is so much so much better than having a nine footer and ours is that's a nine foot five weight so other than that, though, I, I've been super happy with it. I mean, I have raw, I have $1,000 rods and $100 rods, and I have everything in between. And it's, you know, I, it's right up there. I'd, I'd put it up against any, pretty much any rod, you know, under $500 without, without worry. For sure. But, That's awesome. Now, right. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Um, kind of pivoting away from, from gear. Um, how's your fishing season been? Have you had a good year? Have you fished less, more? Kind of. I I have fished a lot less because I had my first kid. Um, well, congratulations! I had my first. Thank you, thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, I I so I fished a lot less. Um, because obviously you know having a kid kind of throws a wrench in it. You know, I've still gotten out my my fair share though. I will say a lot of people warned me that I wouldn't be able to go out at all, but I've 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 had some time. There was time to go out, so. The times that I've been out, um, I just went and did cast and blast in Western Maine um, for the last weekend of trout fishing up there. And it was great. Oh, my God. It was crazy. It was warm. It was like 70 degrees out. That was strange. But um, but it was great. Like the fishing was great. The hunting was okay. I heard birds are going to have a down year because of how wet it was. You know, I we I usually see a a good handful in, in the roads I usually go to, but we only saw a few, a lot less than I normally do. Um, so that was a little discouraging, but the fishing was phenomenal. I um, ran into a fish bio, Liz. Um, God, she changed her last name. Can't remember what her last name is now. It used to be Liz Thorndike, but she got married. And uh, I ran into her and she was talking to me about some of the research they're doing in Western Maine on Brook Trout. And it was super awesome she was great and it was nice to hear about the work that's being done because i think is so secretive at times with their like what they're doing i feel like and so it was nice to talk to liz um we've chatted before but it was nice to see her in person she was actually working on the weekend and uh she told me about what they're doing and how they're sort of they're trying to figure out the brook trout situation uh the spawning situation on like the the big three rivers like the rapid the kennebago and uh uh, the mcgalloway and so they um so that was cool it was it was a great the the end of the season fishing has been great um stripers in the summer were great uh yeah it's been a really good year i but you know i feel like once you know a spot like I, i don't know i've never had a for like the past 10 years i've had great years you know but i guess once you figure out holes and where fish go and you learn certain things you know it's it's easy to have success 
um, when you know, because Fisher, they don't surprise you all that often. They pretty much repeat what they do every single year, you know, especially, you know, when it's in the spring, they go here. When it gets warm, they go here. When it gets cool, cool again, they go here. You know, they, they repeat cycles. So, so it's been, it's been good. You know, what about, what about you guys? You guys on any, 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 a lot of fishing or. I've probably fished this year. I've probably fished more than I have in the past years, but it's still, it's never enough, you know? Um, but I've had, it was, I went to rain. We went up to, we fished with Aaron up North on, on the McGalloway for the, for this is the first time I had ever fished it. And that was an awesome experience. And we did trout and we got into some small mouth later on in the day, which was an awesome awesome experience so that was all new new to me because i'm mostly just local rivers and stuff and and i know garrett's been up a bunch i mean it's it's been a good year it's been fun haven't necessarily caught massive amounts of fish but it's been a good like learning experience for me personally as far as that goes which is yeah definitely a huge like i think i kind of told myself at the beginning of the season i wanted to go out when I went out, not necessarily improve on something, but learn learn something every time I go, and which I think I have, and and definitely fishing with Aaron made a huge difference in the way I look at things, um, which I think will will play out in the future going forward. The way I look at the water and and understand it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Aaron's like that. Aaron, he's got the McGalloway dialed in so crazy good. It's insane. Like yeah. how he just knows every little pocket. But like when you go with a when you go with a guy who like knows a river like the back of his hand, it helps you so much. You just pick up so many little like, oh, I haven't done this before, and it's like, why, why haven't I done this before? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like it's like just the, like yeah, the, it's always it's always a good idea. The first fifty yards, like we floated the lower section and the uh the first 50 yards of the float were going on and and i cast it and he's like you gotta mend mend and i'm like what, the, what are you talking about <laughs> and, and then he showed me and i cast it again and i had i immediately had a hit and i missed it but he was like that was a brook trout and you're not gonna get him to do that again so that this and this is why so it like it opened my eyes and then the rest of the day I had better luck because I, I just, I kind of had a better idea what to look for. And I caught two of the, two of the biggest brook trout native brook trout I've ever caught in my life. So, which was, which was huge. And then we got into small mouth and later on in the day. And that was even, I think I had more fun catching those than I did the brook trout, honestly. Yeah, I I put smallmouth way above brook trout. Like brook trout are pretty and everything, but I I put smallmouth way 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 above them. They're just such a blast. But yeah, it's it's like I I get a ton of messages on Instagram like, "Hey, I'm new to the sport. What can I do to be a better whatever? What can I do to better this or how do I catch more fish?" And my first answer is almost always call you're going to have to save up a couple hundred bucks and go fish with a guide for a day because fly fishing is one of those things where like you can watch online or read as many articles as you want but like until you go and actually do it with somebody who knows what they're doing 
you're it's going to be really really challenging or take you a long long time to improve so I, my first suggestion always is like go to a local guide support support your local guides you'll you're paying for the to catch fish but really you're paying for the knowledge like you're going to carry that knowledge with you forever and it's going to help you catch more fish in the future so it's almost like an investment you know that's how i look at it that's what i tell everyone it's an investment so but yeah that's super cool well it's also like i mean anything you do and you want to get better at you go to an expert so why not do the same thing with fishing like yeah I, I I've always wondered that where like there there is a, almost a stigma. I was like, oh, I don't want to hire a guide. I'm just gonna go figure it out on my own. Where it's like, okay, but like, I get it if you're an established like fly fisherman. But it's like the same thing with golf. Like, are you having a trouble with you know hitting a driver? You're gonna go see a pro and get a tip, and you're good to go. And you know that tip could just be like, hey, something quick and simple, and you're on your way. And like that's like you know, talking to someone on the river of like, you know, Hey, what's, you know, what works or whatever. And I mean, I, I think most rivers, there's guys that will chat with you. There's guys that will not say a fucking word that are old and white, but I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I'll say too, like I, I am an expert. I have fished for everything. I can do anything with a fly rod that I want. I'm going to Aruba in November and the first for a wedding. So I'm going to be there for four days, but I'll have time to fish. And literally the first thing that I did was reach out to a guide on Aruba and like, I'm going to hook up with them. And like, that was the first thing I did because figuring it out on your own is so challenging. It takes like years and years and years and it's painful and you strike out a ton and it's, it's tough. And it's like, you can't enjoy something you don't enjoy something that you're just miserable at time and time again. You know, that's like the fastest way to throw the rod in the closet and never pick it up again. It's just like, do it on your own. It's like, no, dude, this is this go hire a guide for a day and you you'll speed up your ability by years, not by like a few trips. No, by like years, you'll speed up your ability, you know? So, so yeah, yeah that, that, that makes, was my, you know. my thing with the mending with with Aaron explaining it like I've heard of mending before but I never knew why and like after that trip something as simple as that made a huge difference in just like the way I fished a local river around here as far as hook sets and and all that stuff and you know another simple thing that like he kept kept telling me keep your finger on the trigger keep your your finger on the line something i do but i don't do it all the time but now i you know keep that in my head and it's made a huge difference yeah yeah no yeah i i just there's so much going on with fly fishing like anyone can catch a fish on a fly rod that's not like it's i'm not saying that's impossible but it's like being consistently good yeah and like being consistent with your hookups and catching fish is is hard and uh yeah you'll learn very quickly when you go with a guide what you're doing wrong because they are very they know that you they want you to catch fish and if you do things consistently wrong you're, you're not going to do that so they quickly correct you you know so it's like yeah I, I just go for a guide but but um i did want to it's kind of the i i gotta cut it off a little short today i did want to talk though about one thing to you guys last sort of topic before i i, I jet is yeah i was have, have you guys ever considered so 
like, uh, you know, fish bios, uh, the commissioner, have you guys ever talked about those positions in IFNW, if they should be voted on like the governor? So we did talk about it with Aaron because yeah. Aaron is very, very passionate about his girlfriend, Judy Camusa, <laughs> Camusa or whatever her name is. Yeah. About how that is just straight up appointed. And it's just, I think it should be a voted position. I think it should be somebody that they, they, you know, they have to prove their knowledge of it. Uh, it's either got to be voted on or it has to be a person that actually has accolades in the position to make the decisions. And I don't think that a lot of those decisions should go through the governor because it doesn't matter who's in the governor's office. I don't want Paul LePage telling me what we're supposed to be doing with fish. I don't want Mills to tell me what we're doing with fish. Like those people have no time for that shit. You're here to deal with people. The fish commissioner is here to deal with fish completely separate. They're appointed. They have credentials. They go fix it. Yeah. End of story. I think, and you know, from listening yeah, I, to the podcast in, in the past, yeah, I just want to be on record. To, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I like I, you know, from what I've heard of Judy Camuso and, and stuff like that, or Julie Camuso, or I, I don't necessarily have an issue with what she's done. Um, the previous one, Chandler Woodcock, it seems like he was more of just a he was kind of like a Paula page in, in, in that position, but I don't, I don't really know a whole lot about it. You probably have a lot more experience with it, with what you do for a job and what you did for a degree. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I, I just want to go on record and say that Aaron is an absolute lunatic and his <laughs> takes are horrific. All right. I just want to be on record and say that he is, he can't be trusted. So we did, whatever he said, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with him. <laughs> but uh, it's actually, we, we bust each other's balls quite a bit. And yeah. we usually butt heads on, we usually butt heads on ideas and concepts. And he's usually the opposite of me, but yeah, it's, it, you guys bring up good points and I kind of am, am on the same page with you there. It's like, it's interesting for sure. I just, I just wonder because it feels so I, I've been posting a lot more stuff about IFNW trying to expose people to them as a as a, a resource rather yeah. than anything else. But I get a ton of hate, like not me personally, but hate for IFNW, hate for whatever the system that's in place that governs our, our resources. And it's like and I just I want to. I want to try to figure out what a solution would be to, to improving that rift that exists between the two, the common people and IF and W, or maybe it's a, the government as a whole. Maybe we just hate the government like everyone else. Just, <laughs> well, you know. I, I think that's more of it. And I mean, like you see, I don't know if you saw like the story that came out of from Noah for the redfish down in uh, Mississippi, down in the Gulf. Did you see that whole was yeah. yeah. like that's yeah. not good. Yeah. So like that's and that's where it starts. And I mean, how many bumper stickers you drive down East Main? How many bumper stickers do you see that are Noah killing the fishing industry since fucking whatever, 1896 or whatever they say? And it's like, I think there's that level of distrust 
because we don't see what they're doing. And like you said earlier in your point of like, hey, it was awesome to see her out there. They should be all over their social medias being like, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Yeah. Let's fucking go. We want to make this better for you. We're not trying to tell you you yeah. can't go do this. We want to tell you that your grandkids can go do this. And this is these are the reasons we're doing it. And this is the data. But it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Earlier with, hey, what are your secret projects going on? We don't fucking know. So it's like we all pay license fees. We all pay all these fees to the state and donate money to conservation. And then the most thing you see is whatever, like for me personally, whatever you post and whatever uh, Sebago Trout Unlimited posts. What do you see at a main IFNW? Oh, it's opening weekend. Wear your orange. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you know, or like <laughs> make it easier, you know, or it's like make it like hey you know hey september 30th just happened so here's the weekends that or here's the rivers you can go fish like that'd be a huge post for them where it's like hey we know it's kind of confusing but like hey here's a good list of all the places you can still fish like it doesn't have to be hard it's got to be they have to be promoting not just regulating yeah and i think that's where they fall down yeah yeah, you know, they do have an option. So here's here's the thing. They often see, and this is, I think this is the big issue. You touched on it too. It's it's their ability to reach the people. They have out right now an October fishing report with basically areas where you can go to fish in October. All right. They yeah. have that out now. But the amount of people that know that or are zero. So it's like, why even do it? Like, right. Yeah, because they just they posted some bi- biologist doing something, and it's like, dude, okay, like that's great, but not now. Like it's a very important time. It's the it's the changing of a season, so you should be like heavily focused on the change that is happening. Yeah, and you know September thirtieth is a is a huge day. Like it's a massive day. It's like the changing of the tides, and they they don't touch on. It. I agree that it's their marketing. Whoever does the marketing, that person. They they need to they need to have a a chat with someone because yeah. or someone needs to have a chat with them to be more tuned into the year you know it's like any like my socials they're all I have some basic stuff that I do all the time like fish education like I educate but I I, I change with the seasons like in the summer I post about bass and in the yeah. fall I post about trout and then in the spring I post about the smelt run you know what i mean like it's it's yeah. obvious it's not hard like any anyone with a brain can figure it out so it's like why why aren't they talking why aren't they have this week like this week why don't they have posts lined up about october fishing opportunities grouse season and then like something about you know educational about trout and then educational about grouse like that yeah, that's yeah. that's it boom you're like you you've just educated everyone on the transition that's happening and you've given them good resources to figure it out. And it's like, okay, if you want to talk about the biologist, that's what like next week, like the second week or third week of October, like where nothing's going on, you know, it's like duck season just started in places or it's changing. The dates with ducks are so confusing half the time. So it's like, why don't you talk about that? Anyways. Yeah. So the way, yeah, I- so I was just, I was just, you know, I was just trying to, to figure out like when I talked about the hiring of the positions, I was basically curious about, is that a way to connect IFNW to the people 
more, a little more. I think so. And I think they need to do it. And I mean, now granted, I don't read much, much from them, but it's like, you know, the biologists, I think they need to do a, a, a bigger job of stressing either hiring people that are passionate about the outdoors and not just about the science, but also X showing that where it's like, it's like, if you were to be Judy, like I know your passion for the sport and I know the decisions you're making are for the betterment of the sport. Now, from a biologist standpoint, do I think the rules that are coming out are that way? Not at all, but that's also just government mistrust. But that comes from an appointed person where it's like, hey, this is your new leader now. And it's like, well, what the who the fuck? Where did you come from? And it's like, okay, like and and give that story to the people. And it's got to be a constant reminder of it, too, because of the stories coming out of like Noah, it's like that's going to put a shit light on you guys. So now you guys should ramp up like, hey, our biologists are the shit. They live in Maine. They love Maine. They want to keep catching brook trout. This is why. Oh, he's gone. It's a hell of a picture, though. Is that a bear's hat? That's a bean. L.L. Bean yeah. hat. Come on. I, my old ass can't read that from here. He's gone. He hung up on us. Sorry, no, I'm here. I oh, my uh, <laughs> I heard every, I heard I heard everything you said, but my my uh, my uh, uh, system here was going super slow, so I just turned off my camera. Oh, no problem. <laughs> Um, yeah. Another thing, like I, I think about as far as like the marketing and, and the, the social media aspect of today's world, like you look at young kids, I mean, there's, there's somebody out there that is probably looking for a job in marketing and social media marketing that would be a perfect fit for the state that knows how to run socials and could probably do an awesome job, but it just seems like they don't want that person. Yeah, me. I could do it for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I could, I'd be so great at it. It's just like, yeah, you're right, though. It's, it's interesting. That's classic Maine, though. We're always behind on everything. Like, yeah, we still can't even, we can't gamble on sports online. Like, come on, guy. Yeah. Like, what is going on? I don't, you know, it's like, what is yeah. going on? We're just so behind on everything all the time. And it's like, I don't understand. It's not hard, like, to see trends that are occurring and, and hop on them like you know but but i don't know oh well but anyways uh, guys i um i i i hate to cut it off but i have to i have to run my my son is about to like lose his mind here so I, so i that, I, I that to, life I is number one life man no worries yeah Thanks. so well, greg and uh we look forward to talking to you again at some point yeah Anytime in the future, if you if you guys want to want to ask me again, then then let me know, and I, I'd be glad to hop on. Awesome, vote for Greg. Yeah, all vote. right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take care. We'll, we'll see you. Well, Greg's such a good dude. He is. I, and I th- I think he brings up a good point where it's like, you know, that person whoever's the ifnw commissioner has to go through the governor yeah which i think is just stupid and i i don't know how much they really have to go through or if they just like go up and they're like hey this is what we're doing and they're like all right cool sounds good move on yeah like is it just a checkbox or is it like a 
you have to explain to Janet Mills what a brook trout is. Janet Mills doesn't give a shit what a brook trout is. No, but like that's what I mean. Like, yeah. and and I understand where that comes into play with like budgets and stuff. But like, if it's decisions for the fisheries, I think that should be left up to that individual. Absolutely, I I, I agree like with budgets that. are budgets, but where and like this is one of the things that as and it's everywhere in business, but it's like if you work for a department and your budget is X, that's it. That your you told me what money I can spend. Yeah, your opinion is now capped at that yep. number. If I don't spend that over that number, go fuck yourself. Now, if I want to spend more than that number, okay. Now I have to justify it and explain it. And but I mean, like, I'm sorry, you could hire a fucking kid in Bethel, Maine, to run your social medias who's passionate about fly fishing, or passionate about bird hunting, or moose hunting, or deer hunting just passionate about the outdoors right like but passionate about maine and keeping maine for what it is and say hey you want to run our socials dude 60 grand in this state right It'd be perfect well it doesn't I, have to be a crazy money position i think it's just you have to find the right person and yeah i don't necessarily agree with the non-voted on positions but imagine, like, you know, the, you know, so they do have that type of person running their social media. Like, what they could do for a weekend if, like, you know how some, like, some social medias have this person take over their stories for, for the day. or Yeah. Whatever. Like, Greg. Have take, a biologist take over. The biologist or Greg or a But that's, but I think they need to do it within themselves because, and that would that would lead to more people seeing who out, out there is working yep. and get to know them. Like it would it, be great to have, you know how, like when they do like the presidential primaries and shit, they have like the, the town hall talks. No, I know nothing about that politics stuff. So they have like these town halls. So they'll have presidential candidates come in with in front of an audience of people yeah. and those people can ask questions and say, you know, what are your views on this? What do you, you know, what would you do in this situation? That type of thing. Maybe having that more accessible to the public with biologists, uh, game wardens, the commissioner. Yeah. They do not answer their DMS just so we are clear. Those people would, would, put a vote of confidence more in the users of the outdoors in the state like us. Um, I mean, yeah, I just think there's so much mistrust in government. Absolutely. Whether it doesn't even matter political party, it's just top to bottom. I don't trust the government is looking out for the, I don't even for the most part think they're looking out for the interest of the thing they are trying to protect. Like, and I mean, like, uh, like I said it to Greg, where like that Noah, we've talked about it, where, you know, they overestimated more than they even had fucking registered boats. Like, if you're throwing out bogus numbers as a government entity, like, that's where Maine should have jumped on it and been like, okay, this is what we did. Yeah. And this is where we estimated anglers. We went and counted here, here, and here. These were where we got our numbers. Yeah. And be like, it's not us doing shit like that. Like that's a perfect opportunity to like highlight 
maybe not throw another agency under the bus necessarily if you don't want to, but at least make that effort to push forward. Like, Hey, we're, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And like, like you said, like, yeah, it was great to see Liz in the field. Okay, cool. Well, what does Liz do for the other 364, four fucking days? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Are you working to better it or are you just collecting a check? And then another thing like that I've thought about is like get get your face in front of kids in schools like yeah young kids high schoolers yeah high schoolers and not just and uh, this is the one thing they do that pisses me off don't just bring fucking game wardens yeah bring kids that are or bring adults that are in these professions to promote those professions I mean like every year. I couldn't count how many fucking times I get an email that they're hiring for fucking fish and game cops. Yeah. Like, okay, that might be a position that's that you're having a hard time filling. I understand that. But the only reason you're not hiring biologists is because you cut their budgets. So there used to be a shit ton more biologists and yeah. studying and understanding the, the resources that they have. But it's like, put those people in front of kids where it's not just, Oh, yeah, you get to carry a gun and go up to other people that have guns and ask them what they shoot today. Like, yeah. why are you not putting, like, Liz Thorndike out in front of kids? Like, hey, I work with this stuff. And, I mean, even same thing with the DMR, like, Division of Marine Resources. Like, what do they do? Yeah. I don't fucking know. My wife we, worked for them. I she think, worked in a fucking yeah, like the, aquarium. Like, I think having those people more accessible to the public would be better. I mean, for me personally, it would be, and I've talked to game wardens before and game wardens are cool and they have a lot of knowledge and some of them are smart asses like that one guy that we met, but you're just mad because he casted your fly rod better than you. That was years ago. And he, and he did. I'm a little bit better. Um, but I mean, I've never seen a biologist in the field. No. And I mean, I've never met a game warden that can answer the question I have for him. Yeah. They all look at me. I mean, having to educate game wardens on what a fucking state line is like. Are we really fucking pulling from the top of the barrel here, right. boys, or. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It sucks. I mean, I, I understand it's a thankless job and anytime that you're restricting or placing restrictions on something you're going to get hate and you have to understand that but you have to counteract that with a positive or with a why because i and i think that's one of the things that like it's it's been the biggest thing that i've learned as a person through work and through everything else of like you can make anyone agree with you as long as they understand the why and they buy in. Yeah. But if your why is bullshit and you have a bunch of bullshit reasons and lies or potential lies, no one is going to trust you. And so you have to have a a reason. Like if you tell me, all right, I can only shoot two mallards this year. Now it's back up to four this year. But last year and the year before was down to two. So now do I have any trust in main IFNW biologists 
for dropping that number to two for two years. Not a chance. Yeah. And when it comes out and you explain and then you start and like this is this is what happened. I mean, we were doing the podcast when it when it changed. And my biggest thing was they look at three lakes in the state of Maine and that's where they get their breeding numbers. Yeah. That's it. That is your sample sizes, three fucking lakes for breeding. Are you fucking kidding me? Like the size of this state. And you're going to look at three fucking places to tell me that that's where migratory birds are and you're seeing a sharp decline. Yeah. Well, have you looked at economic pressures, you know, in and like people pressures in those areas? Are people moving birds to other places? Uh, probably. And like, let's be honest. More predators kill ducklings than human predators. Like, yeah, that's a known fact. That's actually one of the reasons why which I learned through my research, which is why you have one or two less birds per sex. Did you know that? No, I did not. So like why, like, so mallards is four. You can only shoot two hens. That's because hens have such a higher mortality rate because they stay with the ducklings when they're little. So they're easily easier to be picked off by predators, whereas the male ducks are just flying around wherever. Because they don't give a shit about the kids. Being a bunch of horn dogs. Yeah. Just deadbeat dads. Yeah. But that's why. It's kind of funny. Like, this is kind of off subject, but it just made me think of it. Like, you're a good dad. Like, you have two. <laughs> Some days. You have two kids. Um, and you're here. But if you were a buck. Like if you were, yeah, if you were, a, I'm out, if, dude. if you were a bull moose, yeah, like you just drop your seed, carry fuck on, it, fuck it. You're never, you're going to go knock up another one. Yeah. You know I mean, pengu- penguins are the only other ones that mate for life. Right. Like it's just, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of horn dog looking mammals out there and yeah, I don't know. It's just not fair. That's why there's so many alpha males in the in the ecosystem of nature. Like I was talking to somebody last week and they're like, would you shoot a, a mother cow moose with a calf? I said, absolutely. Huh? I said that, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm going to shoot it. I don't like that. And I've done some research on it because it, the, like when I first got drawn for the permit, I was skeptical of it. And but then I, I, I read it, and at that point in their life, the calf will most likely be able to maintain itself, and it will group up with another family of meese, moose, meeses, meeses, so. meeses pieces. <laughs> um, so that's my take on it. I just think. Uh... The main IFNW social media is just such an, like, granted, they do post a little bit more now. I still don't look at it because it's just, I don't know. I think it's terrible. Can I just say Chandler Woodcock was hired for his name? I mean, why not? (laughs) That's it. 
And I mean, like, even like, like, if you Google Judy, she's the first woman ever to lead Maine Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife. She was previously the director of the Wildlife Division. Yeah. She was responsible for the division's $12 million annual budget and directed a staff of 45. Okay. Say that one more time. So this is this is this is what I mean. So if you Google Judith Camuso. Yeah. This is her bio. Commissioner Camuso is the first woman to ever lead Maine Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife and is responsible for preserving, protecting, and enhancing the inland fisheries and wildlife resources of the state. Previously, as Director of Wildlife Division within the MDIFW, Camuso oversaw all wildlife program activities, including research and monitoring programs, hunting and trapping seasons, endangered species management, and all habitat management activities. She was responsible for the division's $12 million annual budget, and directed a staff of 45 wildlife professionals, including field staff, speci species specialists, and group and section leaders. Under her leadership, the division protected and enhanced wildlife habitats, oversaw more than 60 wildlife management areas totaling over 106,000 acres, and acquired land to protect wildlife resources while allowing access for hunting, trapping, and wildlife watching. How the fuck does that tell me she knows what the fuck she's doing? Yeah. Like, oh, she saw a budget of $12 million. Sick. Congratulations, bitch. Like, I'm sorry. That does nothing for me. You have 45 people working for you, and you've got a budget of $12 million. This is That's it. And what's in that budget? Is game wardens in that budget? Right. Is salaries in that budget like that's that's her bio on the state of maine's website i don't understand any of it not one bit Now, see, now if you go to her bio on the actual Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife, yeah, like this is where you get a little bit more, like a little bit more juice to it. Where it says during her tenure as director, she directed the defeat of the statewide ban on bear hunting methods. She created and executed department communications campaign that has gained national attention. What the fuck that means, I don't know. No clue. And crafted policy and oversaw the wildlife division. Well, what policy did she craft? Her work at the department in her prior 11 years at the Maine Autobahn has earned her the respect of diverse groups and audiences. Congratulations. I just I like you fucking people need to hire someone that know how to run social media and will let us run on Sundays. So 
if you were to try and get hunting on Sundays, where would you start? I have two ideas. What do you, how would I do it? Yep. What would your first step be? I would, I would try like, I don't know, the just for rifle season. Oh, no, 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 no. No way. Okay. What would you do? I would start with the least. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I would go with archery. Sunday archery. That makes sense. I just said rifle because I have rifle. I would go Sunday archery, main resident only. Oh, absolutely. It would be main resident only. And then I would move to bird hunting or my... Bird hunting and migratory waterfowl, just because I think that's the next group, smallest group of affected individuals. And I still think it should be main resident, main only. resident only. I don't think permanently. I, I wouldn't some, go permanently, but I would go like once you work up and you can finally just pass enough legislation to just say, because like then after that, you could just say like bear hunting because like. Oof. Like I would rather see a bear killed than a person. Yeah. Um, I think they should do it. Actually, I take that back. I might start with moose hunts. Resident only moose hunts on Sundays. You start the Sunday before. You have Sunday to Sunday to kill a moose. Seven days. Sun- Technically seven eight days. days. Yeah. I think, or or even just go set. Yeah, so it starts on your your moose hunt week starts on Monday and ends on Sunday as a main resident. If you're coming from out of state, you only get six. But I think like bird hunting wouldn't be that big of an impact. I think deer hunting is really. I've been thinking about this a lot, like how deer hunters are just viewed as the degenerates of the hunting world. And they do nothing to make themselves look any better. Like at this point in my life, I would not want to be a deer, not even want to be classified as I hunt deer. It's tough out here for a pimp. It's really not though. (laughs) Like, I just want to like, for me, hunting on Sundays would be more accessible. Well, exactly. And I think that's where I think no matter what, you have to start with residents only. And I think that's the only way that you stand a chance. But I think you start with the smallest groups first and you start with. I would either start with archery or waterfowl or like archery or bird hunting. You might get some pushback from like upland hunting because people want to go walk the dirt roads, whatever, up north. Yeah. So, okay, so you go waterfowl, then you're on water. Who's really walking on water? Jesus. Jesus is the only one I know. So, I think that's where I would. I, but on, honestly, I would start with archery just because you already have expanded archery where yeah. you're hunting next to a fucking house in a school, whatever. So, just tell. And I mean that's that's where the problem is, right? Like that's that's the whole point of expanded archery, yeah, is to remove it. 
Um, if we had like a snow goose season, I'd say start there on like a spring snow goose. Um, we don't. But what about coyotes? I think you should be able to shoot a coyote 365 days a year. Yeah. No permit, no tag needed, just fucking ice the cocksucker. Ice them. I don't disagree with that. Same thing with gray squirrels. The fact that there's a gray squirrel season. <laughs> like, yeah. The fact that you could get in trouble for shooting a gray squirrel out of season. Yeah. Luckily, the season is almost the entire year. Yeah. It's not quite, but. It's like December 30th to, <laughs> to, to fucking December 28th. Yeah, right. But like, uh, there was the the way in which they're going against it. Because I literally, actually, it's funny you mentioned this because I saw an article today that there is a group that is trying to petition the Supreme Court to weigh in on access to food. Food. Yeah, I saw that too. Well. Then how the fuck does it work if you live near a river system that shuts down on September 30th? Right. So I don't think that's a valid argument. I think what you just say is this is fucking dumb. Sunday hunting is legal in everywhere but four states. We are fucking antiquated and we're just doing it and fucking deal with it. Yeah. And and I don't know if that's like the the way to do it, where you just say "fuck it, we're doing it," and just send it. Because like part of me, part of me wants to go about it like the the political way, where it's like, all right, we'll start with archery, yeah, and then move to firearms slowly through waterfowl, where. You know, there's already so many regulations on waterfowl hunting. So, okay, we'll open up waterfowl hunting. And then no no incidences, no big issues. All right, let's move to small game. Rabbits. Yeah, small game on Sundays. And then eventually work up. And then I would go specialties. I go, you know, turkey, which. Turkey may be good for Sunday. Yeah, like it's just so and, many, and, and that's one of those things where you could say, "All right, turkey, spring, spring turkey Sundays sounds good," or fall turkey. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Pick one, but like start somewhere, and I think that's the problem. Is like they're like, "Oh, well, we want to go all or nothing." And it's like I, I don't think you can. Unless, nice to, like, even if during rifle season, if they gave us two Sundays. One at the beginning of the season, one at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I think you have opening opening weekend, opening closing week- weekend before muzzle loading. Yeah, like or make it muzzle loaders. You can hunt on Sunday. Yeah. Incentivize that, like incentivize the harder ways to or toes only on Sunday. You want to shoot bucks, or you want to shoot? You want to narrow down the doe doe population. Does only well, that's why I say you go expanded first. Yeah. Personally, I'd start with expanded. You're already hunting around houses. It would also kind of be a good barometric pressure where you're not hunting in these big areas where people are saying that, yeah. oh, well, if you say you're going to allow hunting on Sundays, I'm going to post my land. 
And it's like, all right, well, first of all, people that say they're going to post their land, nine times out of ten don't do it correctly, so it's not technically posted. Posted. Whether you want to push that, that's up to you. There might be a spot that I know that is not posted correctly that I'm very tempted just to push the boundaries just because I really want to fucking piss this person off. Yeah. But I have other places I can hunt. So do I need to do that? No, but it's also a principal thing. Going scouting this weekend? Yes. I'm going fishing this weekend. I might get swept down the Andrew. I don't know. It depends on how much fucking rain we actually get. On Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I think my fishing's done for this year, unfortunately. I'm going to go. At least for now. Go hit the Andrew. Yeah, we're leaving. I think we're going to leave rock. Two or three Sunday morning. You. You staying up for Monday to get some birds in? No. What the fuck? Um, Shop open on Monday? It is, but I'm actually taking Monday off. It's Biggie's golf tournament. (sighs) So I'm volunteering at that. I saw there was a spot to get in, and I forgot about it, and I never did anything yeah. about it. Damn it. Oh, speaking of which, I got to go get my golf clubs tomorrow. They might be a little local brewery still, which I received a text message that I need to go pick them up from said local brewery. Ian borrowed them like two weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I was supposed to go there today. Did not quite get there. <laughs> but yeah, waterfowl season opened up. Boat still not ready. <laughs> <laughs> we are right on par. I did this last year. Ah, no, maybe the boat was ready. I think I'm going to make a water tank for my boat. So I can start my engine inside. I don't know. I got too much shit going on. Yeah, you're a busy guy. This whole... Yeah, so the weekend soccer tournament got canceled. So that's cool. Now it probably won't even rain. It is. Literally, I had like four or five people reach out to me. And like, well, we're not even supposed to get that much rain. I'm like, look, I don't make the fucking rules. I'm just here. I'm just relaying to you motherfuckers that it might rain. And they're going to cancel it. So. And honestly, most of the rain is not supposed to be here till like Saturday night. Into Sunday. But I don't agree with canceling it mainly because the fields we play on are shit anyways right now yeah like we're we have practice tonight i'm like this field is fucking garbage like it'd be one thing if you had like a grounds crew that was like actually trying to maintain yeah not just mow them like if you're out there and like you're trying to lay down fucking 
whatever extra seed you're trying to fucking water you're trying to fertilize you're trying to do all the things that you're supposed to do to have a lawn that looks like it should be on the nubble i can understand you don't want to fuck that up but when it's literally like "Eh, it's just gonna sit out there in the sun if it's gonna bake it's gonna bake like it is what it is we're not gonna water anything like why why do you fucking care Especially you're going into October. Everything's going to be fucked up. Like you're going to have to reseed in the spring anyways. If you even fucking do that. So. I don't know. So what you get for not putting in turf fields, York. Fucking assholes. Although. uh, So. uh, Sunday. Played in the old alumni soccer game. Yes. How do you feel? Well, I was the second oldest player. Next to your dad? No, he refed. Oh. Actually, technically third oldest. But the other two that were older were coaches. Uh, No, sorry, fourth oldest. Our goalie was old as fuck. He's the coach of the women's team. But the... uh, as far as alumni go that were playing, I was the second oldest playing. Uh, the oldest alumni that was playing blew his Achilles. Ew. So I feel great. <laughs> I didn't I didn't blow an Achilles, didn't blow a knee out. Yeah. The heat that a turf field puts off is astronomical. Really? Like, you know how you always see, like, on football games when they're like, oh, air temperature for Foxborough is 78. Field temperature is 102. That shit's real. Like, the little black rubber soaks up so much fucking heat and just makes it so much hotter. I bet you it's 15 to 20 degrees hotter on the field than it was as soon as you stepped off that field. Really? It was unreal. I was dying. But it was good. I love being back up there. It took me quite a while to like realize how awesome Down East is. Down East is pretty sweet. I fucking love it up there. We stayed up at Brewer Lake, which was nice. Pretty sure I'm just going to break in during winter and go ice fishing. Where's... So you sit at your family's place up there? Yeah. Why Why would you have to break in? They may winterize it. They're not going to live there this winter. Oh. But I think I just take the four-wheeler up with tracks on it and ride it down the road. They don't plow the road or maintain now, the road. Now, which I'm surprised, although it's Maine, so... <laughs> I forgot about this. This is a good story. So we get off the interstate in Bangor. And at first, like I asked Leah to look up places to go get dinner. So she's like, oh, we'll just go to Orono Brewing. I'm like, all right, sounds good. So I'm like, I put it in my phone and I'm like, which one? She's like, I don't know. I was like, well, there's one in Bangor and there's one in Orono. Like, which one were you looking at? She's like, the one with food i'm like okay 
So that's helpful. So I select the one in Bangor because I'm like, fuck it, that's closer. So we get off the exit to go into Bangor downtown. We pull up to the stop sign. There's a fucking crackhead. Maybe method. Don't know. She had a stick and she was fighting a flower. It was the f- funniest thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. Like middle of like a green pasture. Like she's like fucking just driving the stick in the ground, like really getting after it. And both of our kids are just looking at the fucking lady. And they're like, what? what's going on there? I was like, ah, ah, some days you just got to beat up a flower. I don't know what to tell you. And she was like, what? And I was like, just welcome to Bangor. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. And it was literally like, dude, it was that whole stretch getting into like downtown Bangor until you cross the bridge into Brewer. And then it's like, bam, nice city. Bangor is a shithole. Yeah. Like, I haven't been there in a long shit. time, but there were people pushing fucking carts. They were just. So it's like a bigger version of Sanford. Yeah. But poor. <laughs> it was wild. I just, I couldn't believe it. And like, the lady attacking the flower was the funniest thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. Like, it was to the point, like, if I didn't have kids in the car, I definitely would have rolled down the window and given her some pointers on maybe how to beat that dandelion. But she was she was giving it a good go. <laughs> I was like. And the girls were like, what? What's going on? I was like, girls, that right there. That's why you stay in school. <laughs> that's why we have a dare program. <laughs> <laughs> Really died off. You don't hear much about dare anymore. You don't. You know? And it shows. Yeah. Well, what's fucked up is we all heard about dare, but everyone that's in our generation is the one that's addicted to pills and <laughs> meth. <laughs> so I don't think it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to ask Scott Cogger. So do you think Dare was a success based on what's going on? Or uh Yeah, right. <laughs> do we maybe miss the mark on teaching the kids what all the drugs were? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what to look for. What's a good deal? Yeah. Sold the deck system. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't get nearly two hundred dollars for it, but I got more than what I paid for. Hey. That's all we're here for. <laughs> Profits. Yep. He's picking it up tomorrow. There you go. Right at the shop. Yep. Perfect. Huey tried to join the deck system crew. It didn't work out. Turns out the old F-150 is a little skinny. Hope he doesn't ask for me to help him put it in. Because that ain't happening. I told you how to put it in. Yeah, you you did, but... You got to take those wheels off. Take the wheels off. The bottom wheels. Yeah, the bottom wheels on the front. Just take those off, and then it's simple. Because you can't have the drawers in. 
Although I don't know if it really matters if it's in a truck that fits. Probably doesn't. Probably not. I love mine. I know. But I I know you do. And it was gonna be so sweet for the moose hunt. But it is what it is. I wonder if mine would fit in your truck, because my sides are cut down. Don't really feel like taking it apart yeah, you, though. You don't you don't need to. You can just take my truck. I don't really give a fuck. That's all right. I'm not gonna really be hunting out of my truck anyways. It's gonna be my father in law's. Because he's got more he's got four doors for more whores. That's what I got. You can take my truck. Be up there on twenty twos. <laughs> My market is sold. Oh, oh found boy. it. Oh boy. It's the first thing I've ever no, that's not true. You're gonna sell your fucking back rack that's sitting just, in the fucking back about, of my fucking shop I was right now? Just about to say that. I gotta take pictures of it. I almost fucking threw it up for you. Do it. Day. I'll split it with you. Yeah, fucking storage fees are way over splitting right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I hope you all enjoyed talking with the talk with Greg. Yeah, I think that was good. I think we I think we're onto something here with the main IFNW just appointing people. Seems like a good old boys club to me. Yeah, or good old girls now, I guess. I mean, Judy is. But is that one of those like just appointed by the governor because she was a woman? Like, I don't want to say. I I would go on record of saying I don't give a fuck what you are, yeah. who you are, are you qualified for the job? Yes or no? That's all I'm looking for. For sure. If the answer is yes, then fucking let's, let's fucking, let's go. Let's fucking go. But if it's, we're just hiring people, like there's nothing that gets my blood boiling more. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to hire a Latino transgender person to run my fucking main <laughs> IFNW. Why? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Oh, we just want to be diverse. Yeah, well, fucking diverse this motherfucker. Right. I think everyone should have a fair shot. Are you qualified or are you not qualified? Let me do it. Then you'll be fucking sorry. Yeah. There. Hell of an episode. Thanks for listening. Get one more in before the moose hunt. Next next next, week. Next week. Next Wednesday. Um and uh from then. Maybe we'll get one on like Tuesday because it'll be home after you shoot a moose on Monday morning. I'm staying all week. No matter what. No matter what. There you go. So I uh I'm not I, I'm taking a week off no matter what. So we rented the place for a week. We got to pay for it for a week. So might as well. Might as well stay. And I, as much as I would love to shoot a moose on Monday, I just, I have like this nagging feeling that that's not going to be the case. Eh. But I guess we got to remain optim. Opt. I don't want to remain too optimistic, but it would be. Confident, not cocky. Yeah. That would be sweet. 
Maybe Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Right. Then you get some good bird hunting in. Although I've heard I've heard birds up there. It's gonna be rough. Well, and plus it's the end of October, so the roads have already been pounded for a fucking well, month. What I've heard up there is the birds aren't on the roads. Yeah. No matter what. And like there's there's been a lot of speculation on people saying, Oh, well, bird numbers are down because of how wet it was. Well, it wasn't like they're fucking drowning, all right. But there is a lot more food still in the woods, yeah. and that's what pushes them to the roads. All is, the leaves are still on the trees. Right. You still got leaves. You got such a wet environment to grow mushrooms, which cartridges yeah. love to eat mushrooms. There's still berries on the trees. A lot of berries. So, I mean. Maybe we- by the time we're up there, well, the leaves should be down for the most part because they're already at peak foliage up there. Okay. The foliage up in the Bangor region was phenomenal. Yeah. Looks so nice. Uh, so those should all be, and if we get any rain out of this, rain and a little bit of wind out of the storm this weekend. Help knock some leaves down. Yeah. I'm still not ready to leaf blow. I am. Ready to sell some leaf blowers. Yeah. They come up with anything more powerful yet? Not yet. Becco really needs to step their game up. They don't need to. Nobody else has challenged him. Yeah, fuck it. Keep pushing. Put a turbo on the thing. I don't give a shit. Billy Go came out with a smaller stand on leaf blower that's like the same power as. The Echo backpack? No, it's more. But it's like not $15,000. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I don't know how much it is. You got a demo? No. Really need to demo some for the podcast. (laughs) You know, we're only three seasons in, 65 episodes in this third season. You'd think we could get maybe something here. Sorry, pal. Just a demo. Just a demo unit. What? Where's Xmark's fucking blower? They, I don't know. They're focusing on making lawnmowers. Oh, fuck the lawnmower. Give me a blower and let me try it. <laughs> this, these are the demands. I need an Xmark blower next week. Yesterday at the sales meeting, they were, uh, they were talking about um, the battery powered mowers that Xmark's coming out with, and one of the rep was like, one of the reps was like, "Can I get a demo?" And the or not the rep, one of the another dealer was like, "Can I get a demo in my shop?" And um, the, the the like regional sales manager was like, "Yeah, as soon as you sell three, then I'll let you have a demo that you can let people try." But until then, we do. We're going to work on the demos because they're fifty thousand dollars. It's not like he's just going to fifty thousand. Yeah, four well forty thousand. Sorry, forty thousand dollars for a fucking lawnmower, and that's a standoff for a fucking lawnmower. Yeah, and people bitch about the price of fucking side by sides. <laughs> I can drive a side by side down the road as soon as I get north of fucking Augusta. 
you could drive a lawnmower down the road here as long as it's got a deck on it. Jesus Christ. $40,000. That's a lot of fuel. Yeah, they they were saying it like they were looking at the ROI and it's like it it varies a lot, but like anywhere between four and six years. What fucking landscape company is keeping a mower for six years that still works that they haven't had to put fucking 10 grand into? I don't make the mowers. I'm just saying. Oh, it's crazy. But you're not going to see those become popular around here yet. It's going to be a while. Yeah. You think? 40 grand. The battery. So it has eight. They call it hypercells. Eight hypercell. It's a hypercell battery and it has eight packs in the stand on. And each pack is two grand. Jesus fucking Christ. Buy a lot of Predator motors from fucking Harbor Freight for fucking $16,000. Right. You literally run them without oil. Fuck it. And just return them and get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> Must be nice to be a landscaper, I guess. Right. Must be nice. <laughs> well, on that well, note. We'll see you next. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be kind. Tell a friend. Listen up. Just come listen to us. Yeah. And check out mainflyguys.com. Yeah. Buy a rod. Buy, buy a some rod. flies. Buy some line. He's not only does he tie his own flies, he's got a bunch of other dope ass tires. Or not like hand tires from around the country that he has tied. So check him out. Awesome stuff. Good dude. And uh Be good. Peace.